and welcome back to the doggone truth about rescue with always and forever. This evening, we have two guests with us to discuss fostering and the process of fostering a dog through always and forever and cats, but more specifically dogs with this episode. And so Sai, would you like to introduce our guests? Sure. Well, actually, they can introduce themselves. Thank you for joining us today. I am Megan Swan. I'm Jessica Prockno. Okay, Megan, can you tell us a little something about yourself and how you started with Always and Forever or if this is your full-time job? Sure. I found Always and Forever back in 2018. I was just scrolling Facebook and saw Always and Forever and fell in love. We were actually in Oklahoma at that time. We ended up moving to Kansas City and I still had no clue that Kansas City was so close to Always and Forever. So I decided just to look one day where they were and I found out that it was only about 45 minutes to 50 minutes away from me. And I was so excited. I remember I could not wait to tell my husband that it was so close. He knew how much I followed them and knew all the dogs there, just like everybody does when they follow on Facebook. So went to the orientation, I believe it was in April of 2019, and I never left. Started doing a lot of volunteering. I then, with Amy Stecker, did the boarding dogs. So we kind of led that program where we would get the boarding dogs out, take them for walks, and we had a, a team for that. And then I started to do foster coordinator. I think that was around 2020. I still do that. And I also do HR for Always and Forever. And then I have a full-time job with Hallmark where I'm human resources. Thank you. How about you, Jessica? So I actually went to the one of the very first orientations at Always and Forever. I saw a Facebook post and I was like, okay, I need to get out of this house because I was a stay-at-home mom. So I sent a message asking if my four-year-old daughter could come with me to orientation. And they said, absolutely. That's how I started. I went to orientation and I remember Sunshine and I think Ladybug, they were in a corner like scared of everybody at the barn and my daughter Quinn actually crawled over there and snuggled up next to them and then halfway through she fell asleep and that's how most of the people remembered me was my daughter falling asleep on my shoulder and then after that volunteering I think almost every weekend I became a hospice foster and that's really the first time I met Jen was she met me out in the driveway and took Toby and put him in my van because he had just got neutered and they had made a plea post I just fell in love with his face and then I became I started doing vet drives and started doing then I saw the post for a part-time position Megan automatically messaged me and said when do you want to start yeah started off as part-time became full-time manager then helped open a few other locations did adoption coordinator for a while and now I'm co-foster coordinator with Megan Jess has done it all except for medical which is a beast in itself right yes we've heard from our other episodes and that will be an upcoming episode but thank you both for the time and commitment you do put in for fostering it is such a crucial point I believe of the organization and getting the dogs out of um, the little red barn little gray barn really and into homes to then get the content for people to envision them in their home so thank you so much for that So can you kind of go over what fostering does look like through Always and Forever? The thing that I usually say when people ask what fostering looks like or what fostering is, you're literally giving that dog or cat a home and love. We provide everything else for them. So if that's food, if it's a crate, if it's, you know, medicine, whatever that they need, 
we provide all of that. We just want them to be in a home and be relaxed and be loved in that home and know, you know, that they have all of those people around them and they have the support. So that's really what, you know, when you look at fostering, it's helping out a dog, getting them in a home and those people will be promoting them to get into their forever home. So it's kind of a a halfway point, but they get love through the whole process. What you would recommend to somebody if they don't know if they should foster or adopt first, what is the conversation you have when somebody comes up and say, I know I want a dog at some point, what do you recommend for me? I typically suggest fostering because even with adoptions, we do have the foster to adopt option just because some people just don't know if that's the right fit for them, the the perfect dog for them. So I always suggest fostering because for that one dog that we, or cat that we get into a home, that gives us another chance to save another one. So I always suggest fostering first. And that's the key thing that I want to make sure that we point out too, is that's a really good point, Jess, that once we get a dog into a home, it also benefits benefits so many more dogs and cats everywhere else that we can tag and bring into the barn or wherever but it just saves another life it saves a lot of lives so if I was thinking of fostering a dog say I saw it on the always and forever website and contacted you is there a timeline of how long I have to have the animal for is it I tell you my availability and then you find one that would be a good match for me? So it's really, it's talking through that process. So somebody would apply on the website and we have a foster team now, which is fantastic. It's wonderful. They would pull the application and look through just a lot of when the person is home. So on the application, it has how many hours you're home. What does your home life look like? Do you have any other pets? Those type of things. So we have a welcome team member who would have that conversation with that person. And then from that point, we would be able to find the right animal for them. Can you share what are the next steps after an application has been approved for a foster? So after they're approved, the process takes, it can take up to two weeks after you fill out the form. After they're approved, depending on who pulled that application, we would contact you and, you know, talk with you and say, are you ready? What do you need? Which dog? Like if they didn't pick a specific dog, we try to pair them with the best dog possible. That's where we really rely on, you know, our staff at each barn, each location, you know, to help us pick the perfect pet. So after they're approved, we find out what they need. And then we set up a time for them to come out. And, you know, if it's just a single dog, they don't have another dog in their home, they just come out, they meet the dog, they pick up the dog and any supplies that they need. And then they have constant contact with, you know, Megan or me or Danielle or Christy. They always have somebody that they can call and and talk to if there's issues or things that come up. Now, if they have another dog in the home, they have the option bringing their dog out to do like a meet and greet to make sure everything is good or we send out a form that Michaela our trainer on staff has you know typed up written out on steps to follow and introducing their dog to our dog so those would be the next steps do you need to be local to foster can can there be fosters out of state so the two states that we say you can foster in are Kansas and Missouri and then if there is a hospice dog we can allow that in Oklahoma as well because we have vets in Oklahoma and we would not need to do any type of meet and greets so they could stay there in Oklahoma and we've had one or two hospice dogs in Oklahoma with the foster. Can you go over the conversation you have when someone approaches you interested in doing a hospice foster just because that is such a delicate case or do you approach people that apply would you be interested in this like what do you see more often people looking for it or you recommending it? It's mainly so whenever we get a hospice dog in 
or we have a, a dog who is hospice, we'll do a post and we'll share, you know, the medical needs, what's going on with that particular dog and that we really need a hospice foster. At that point, that's when people usually step up and either email us or contact us or fill out the application to hospice foster. The big part of the conversation also is, is that it's hard. You know, it's a really hard thing to do. I know Jess has done it before and it's emotional, it's hard, but I will say people who have done it have said it's the very best thing they've ever done. Very best thing ever. Do you want to talk about yours, Jess? Experience as being a hospice foster? So if I get a little emotional, I'm That's sorry. okay. We're here. That, every single one of our episodes so far has been <coughs> I'm emotional. I'm baby. Yep. Size okay. cried every time. So um, it's okay. <laughs> so Toby was actually my very first hospice foster. I had just lost my dog, Riley. He was 15 years old. He was just unhealthy. And my dog, Lucky, was she was sad. You could tell she was missing her buddy. So I saw this post about Toby, you know, in renal fate failure and uh my husband's like no 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 we're not doing it and i said okay i just i couldn't let it go so i took him home i met jen in the driveway she literally picked him up and put him in my van my son was with me and my daughter were with me toby loved my kids they'd walk out of the room and he would just bark wanting to be near them and lucky she was so happy to have another dog in the house it wasn't easy he had renal failure so i mean he had medication he peed all over the house and i'm the type of person you just clean it up and you go on. I That's what she loved with Bailey. We have pee pads behind us as yeah. we speak right now. Exactly. I mean, it just, and I, I had a four year old and a seven year old, so messes just didn't, didn't bother me. So we had him for three beautiful months. Like I said, the kids would leave the room and he'd get up and he'd try to go find them. I'd go downstairs in the basement and he would never bark, ever. And the only time he ever barked was when I would go downstairs in the basement and he couldn't see me anymore. He'd stand at the top of the stairs and just bark until I would walk back to where he could see me because he, he couldn't go down the stairs. There was one day that you just, you couldn't, you touch his stomach anymore. You just could you couldn't pet him. I thought we were just going for an initial checkup thing. I know they're like, Jen said, it's time. And Quinn was with me and we, we cried. It was an experience. I wouldn't change it the world because they're Toby there came Levi and Alina and they both had the exact same cancer in the exact same spots Levi actually was a service dog his cancer we didn't really find out about until somebody wanted to adopt him he was started coughing he did we did a chest x-ray and I said I can't let him go so he became a hospice foster I actually adopted like I wanted to adopt him but Levi and Alina both had cancer in the same exact spots I fell in love with Levi for my son Wyatt which is autistic he'd have meltdowns and Levi would go console him and calm him down and Alina she she loved my daughter I wouldn't change hospice fostering for anything I know I talked about it on other episodes the special energy and environment that's created around you around senior dogs and especially when it's a hospice case you get that daily reminder of how precious life is that I think a lot of people forget about in your everyday hustle bustle on the go schedule and then when you finally open up your doors to a hospice animal like that and foster and you're forced to slow down and appreciate every single moment Mm -hmm. it just puts life in a whole different perspective I thank you so much for doing that I didn't realize you did it especially three times yeah in a row sharing that story because I know there's someone out there listening that can relate to it and even if it is hard it's worth it. It was not easy by any means. I mean, fostering in general is not 
easy whatsoever but it, it's a little bit harder with hospice dogs i mean when it gets closer to time it gets harder i mean we threw away a couch because levi his meds he would drink a ton of water and he would just he would pee and it got to the point where he just couldn't control his bladder anymore alina like the same thing she it got to the point where she was having trouble breathing and she stopped eating and she was only three years old wow so it is so funny because the day she they diagnosed her with cancer they started talking about her cancer that happened to be in her armpit on her right side and i'm like oh my gosh that's just like levi i called my husband and i said i love you and he goes who are you bringing home <laughs> so he has opened up to the ideas he has so i mean i don't think he's opened up she just brings them she home. just does it anyway <laughs> I, I bring them home and ask for forgiveness right. but lena was only three years old so when they diagnosed her i just happened to be at work that day and i was like i'm taking her home because i already had everything i needed it had probably been six six months since Levi had passed. I wasn't planning on it, but I just, I don't know. It, she pulled up my heartstrings. And how long, so time frame, because hospice is, you don't know when you take that on, how no. long. I'm going to bring in Bailey on this. Uh, I took her to the vet in March, and she has a mass on her spleen, and the vet said it would be days, weeks, months, and she's still fighting going strong loving life six months later of you don't know yeah and that's something that we have to share with people too that if they're hospice it may be a day they Mm -hmm. might have a night they may have two nights or they may have three months but that's just that's part of it another thing with hospice foster and i think somebody shared this one of our hospice fosters is the hospice fosters hearts break so that the dogs can know only love Mm -hmm. and it it really hit me is there a certain amount of dogs one can foster like at a time yeah at a a time. I guess it really just depends. Yeah. Depends Um, on the dogs in the house. It depends on just a lot of things within that person's life. So if I was single, no dogs, and say I saw a dog on the website that I fell in love with, having a conversation with you, I find out about a hospice dog as well. Have you had anybody that you take a foster, like a hospice foster and a non-hospice dog at the same time? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. So yeah. you can mix and match. Oh yeah. We have a couple people, uh, one comes to mind right now, Carol, who usually always has one of our fosters and then she does take hospice fosters as well. Mm-hmm. So there's really no limit. It just matters. I think it just matters on the dogs that are in your house or if they're dog, you know, cat friendly or that type of thing, but there's really no limit. So if it's not a hospice foster, how long do you typically see dogs stay in a foster environment before they're either adopted out or the environment changes for the person fostering? That also varies. It really does. Yeah, because if it's a a dog who cannot be around other dogs, then they're going to be there longer just because they are harder to adopt out. If it's a dog who gets along with cats and dogs, they may be there for a week and they get adopted. So it varies just with what's going on in that home. So it is almost the same conversation of the hospice timeline, just a different ending. Correct. Of like, I could foster for a day and then they're off to there forever. Right. Family. And there's some people too that we want to make sure that, you know, listeners and everybody know, we also can have fosters who foster for three weeks and that might be all that they can do. But that gets the dogs out for three weeks in a home. And so it doesn't have to be, you know, if the dog goes, they have to keep them till they're adopted. Yes, that's, you know, what we would like because there's not so much change. But it does get a dog in a home for that time. And then people can see that that dog's in a home and they'll be more likely to foster. I love Always and Forever and their volunteers because I noticed that when there's volunteers 
that are fostering one of um, Always and Forever's dogs if they need to go on vacation for a week. They're always like, hey, this is Murray. I'm looking for, you know, my fosters are going on vacation for a week. Like, I love that. Mm -hmm. And um, how huge our outreach is on on Facebook, on social media, period. So, yes, I know that is an option out there for our fosters that do take in dogs. So. And I think that is very important because that is the biggest thing I think that defers people from getting a dog in the first place is I travel a lot. I'm not as home as often or sports schedules. Yeah. Not being able to commit fully, but always and forever has that built in. Right. Of like, it's okay if you have other things going on, they can come back for a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> we got it. Yeah. Well, and that's just like the dog dates or the overnights, those type of things where kind of funny story here with the dog dates, how that even came about. It was Easter of 2020. And I will never forget this because that's when everything was shut down. We weren't having anybody come to the barn. So a lot had slowed up. Jen had this idea on Easter. How about we just let people come and take dogs out on dates? It was literally that day and she made a post and we had like 50 foster applications coming in that day to take dogs on date. And we're like, hello, like, were you not going to say anything? (laughs) Like, what's going on here? But that took off. And it's been such a huge hit of people just wanting to come and take dogs on dates. And they take them to the park. They take them for walks. Just doing those type of things. We have somebody who comes to the Little Gray Barn and takes Roma a lot. Rebecca, she's wonderful. She was. So it's just, it's so fun for them that she has a home. She has cats. And so she's not able to foster a dog that. That's awesome. So she takes Roma out and it's wonderful. Always and forever, they do pay for like hotels, dinner dates. So that's what I also love about the... Mm-hmm. Jess, are you over those ones? That's uh, that's actually what I take care of. I do the hotel sleepovers. I typically try to pick one dog from each barn, mainly the ones that are in most need, that have been with us the longest, that don't get out, they don't have dates. Like nobody really goes and sees them. So on Monday, I usually make a post talking about the specific pup by Wednesday. Day, I'm hoping that I have like two or three people that want to go. So then we book the hotel and we use two specific hotels. One is located half near the red barn and then there's another one that's located near the gray barn. And they've been amazing. They know, hey, each week we're going to have a sleepover. We do pay for the hotel room and then I send a $25 DoorDash gift certificate so they can order in. They can have food delivered to their room and I have one is a stay-at-home mom and she's like oh my gosh I'm gonna do this I'm gonna get my I'm gonna color my hair I'm gonna finish my book I'm gonna have some peace and quiet I'm gonna snuggle with the dog like she was so excited about it we've had a few comments about how it's cruel and it's unfair to the dog but really it isn't it's so rewarding for them they get a night to just decompress it's the same as a human of right. like i yeah. get a night in the hotel no distractions the dog next to me isn't bothering me like yep yep yeah we've even had people come in from out of town we had two ladies who specifically came in town mm-hmm. to take two dogs on a, a hotel date yeah and they each got separate rooms and it was just it was so fun just to watch it all night the dogs were having a blast they ordered in but it was a little vacation for them so yeah. it was really I mean, they get a night to decompress. Yeah. And they get, we try to restrict them getting people food on the the doggy date because medical will kind of message me. (laughs) They 
we were like, okay, if you're going to feed them human food, make sure it's not super greasy, stuff like that. But we do, we pay for the hotel room, we pay for dinner. All we want is a few pictures, a video, and then we, we post it. And I think every weekend, I even had somebody message and say, hey, where's the update for Novell? And I said, nobody wanted to take her. So, no. So if anybody wants to take Novell, she still has one in waiting. If I wanted to do the hotel date night, is it the same application that I need to fill out if I was looking to foster long time? What are the steps to, besides reaching out to get vetted to take a dog to a hotel? You have to have the foster app approved. We don't do the home check on it just because they won't be going to the home, they'll be going to the hotel. And we know the hotels, but it is the same process. So they have to have the foster app in, copy of the driver's license, stuff like that. Typically I look to see who's made a comment on the post and then if they've emailed me or sent me a personal message. And that's typically how I pick. First person that says, hey, I wanna go. I'm like, okay, sold. I'm shocked there's not a wait list for this, honestly. I had one weekend where we had, I think four people. So we had two up at the North the locations and then we had two from the red barn so that was really neat and then i also know for holidays we do things around that as well with the dogs to do one when you want to talk about that yeah though around thanksgiving and christmas we want the dogs to be able to spend a holiday the holidays in a home so we put a big blast out and post all of the dogs and have people sign up to take them home for that time even if they can take them home for one night of thanksgiving or Christmas Eve and Christmas. That's just wonderful. And people love it. The year of 20, I think it was 2020, which a lot of people were home then, but we cleared the barns each time, all of the barns where all of the dogs were in a home. And I can't even tell you, it makes me emotional to think about it because that was just so amazing. And it instills memories within the family of looking back at the photos of opening up their hearts to share that moment with a dog that wouldn't have it otherwise. Sai, are you gonna take one home over the holidays? I will. Nas. Nas or Tobin. I really want to take Edison. Oh my gosh, yes. I don't think Edison's been out. He hasn't. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I try to take a doggy out for, like, you know, if I know I'm working one night, I want to take, after I get off of work, I want to take one dog home that I know that hasn't been out, like I did with Tobin right. last month. We went to the lake. I'm not going to say what we had for dinner. Sorry, medical team. We cuddled, watched movies, because I know he he hasn't been out. I want to be able to do that on a weekend where I know I'm free. But yeah, I'm going to try Edison. I mean, it's so neat for people to see them in a home, too. So, like, yeah. when you post those pictures of Tobin laying with you people have never seen Tobin like that mm-hmm. so they don't know hey Who he's a cuddly that dog picture of me that was an ugly picture of me but Tobin was so cute. well you know <laughs> <laughs> but that is a huge point of you don't know it unless you see it yeah mm-hmm. and people need to see them in that environment to then picture it of that could be me like marketing 101 you need to envision it see it and then you want it Right, or that. If you don't see it, you don't know you want it. You don't know you want Edison in your bed until you see Edison. Right, I mean, we all say how they're, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Yeah, we say they're cuddly. We say that they're doing this or, you know, we post those things. But until you see, like, the dog in the bed or Mm -hmm. the hotel stays cuddling with that person, it just, it's powerful. Jess, I want to go back. You mentioned the house check. Can you go over what is required as a foster? Like, do you come to my house? Do I need to come to an interview in person, over the phone? What is that whole process of getting the application after the application filled out? Megan used to do this all on her own for forever. (laughs) She would handle all applications by herself. Uh, She didn't have a team until last 
month. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a process. They'll talk about this with the adoption process too, mm-hmm. because it's pretty similar. The whole, the home check is, it's all virtual. I mean, I've done Zoom, I've done Duo, I've done Facebook Messenger. I mean, it's, it's just FaceTime. You're doing like a video call. We basically just want you to walk through the house and, and see where the pup's going to be. The dogs are kind of like toddlers. They're going to chew on things. They're going to get into things. So we want to make sure that the, 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 home, the home is safe. Chemicals put up are the yard fence, depending on which dog they end up taking with them. Where's the dog going to stay? Are they going to be able to get on the furniture? Those are the things that we, some of the things we look for, some of the things we ask. You know, are you, where, where are you going to put their crate? Like if they need to be kenneled, like are you going to ban it? closet or, or put, like, yeah, like are, they, are you locking them in the bathroom <clears throat> right. like when you're gone? Yeah, those are the things that we ask and we look for. You know, because some of the dogs, they need a kennel they have to be kenneled or they're going to destroy your house. That's something that we ask and look for and, and we talk to them about. So it's all virtual and we have, a, we have a team that does that. It's not whoever pulls the application isn't doing the home check because it, we're a team. They might see something that we don't see is pulling the application just like we have people that do reference checks. And That's what checks. I was just going to ask of the reference. You had mentioned your husband at first was saying no. Mm-hmm. So say, do you check with significant others or family members to make sure that everyone is okay with it? Yeah, that's actually one of the questions on both applications, foster and adoption, is if everybody in the house is on board. Okay. Mm -hmm. We talk about it. So Jessica lied on hers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He doesn't count. No. (laughs) Which I'm sure probably happens here and there. I know they'll come around. They just have to see the dog first. (laughs) Right. Like Hosha's foster. She actually, her foster took her on a doggy date and fell in love with her. She went home. Well, she took her, I guess they stopped by the house so she could show her husband. And her husband's like, okay, you know, short term, you know, she's here for, for a day. And then the husband fell in love with her too. It's <laughs> all post for her. And the husband's like, just finish the application. Because <laughs> they hadn't done the home check or something. Mm-hmm. So that's how Hosha came about. The wife took her home for a doggy date and uh, the husband fell in love and then he became on board. So could happen either way. Can we get into the homestead? What does the homestead mean to you two? And how is the homestead going to help with the fostering of A&F um, dogs? Jess? Make me go for- They're pointing fingers. <laughs> okay, so th- what the homestead means to me is, I don't know, I just think it's amazing. Jen had talked about the land behind the red barn I don't know how many times how she just wished who she knew who owned it and if it ever came available she was just gonna jump on it and it it happened but it's gonna be beautiful we're gonna have so many barns there so many activities but I mean as far as fostering with the homestead we're still we're still gonna need fosters more probably yeah we're gonna Since it'll be so big, we're going to need more. Yeah, we're going to need lots of fosters. Just because even though we're going to have the facility, we're going to have the barns, but we're going to have to have employees and volunteers and people to help with those barns. But we're still going to need fosters. Certain dogs taken out of that situation, out of the barns, just they are not thriving. They're actually going in the opposite direction. Like Mm -hmm. they're starting to shut down. So I think fostering is is still going to be a high demand. And you'll get to see a dog 
in a home, but to learn more about their personality because their personality in a home is completely different than they are in the barn. Fostering is, I think it's going to be wonderful. Yeah, and we're going to have a, I mean, with so many different places, I mean, we have how many barns on the homestead that we're going to have so many more animals that we're going to need a lot more fosters. And I think when, if you come to look at a dog to foster, they'll all be right there for you. Right. Well, now I don't have to drive all the way a little gray barn mm-hmm. because I kind of liked a dog there but I kind of was interested in a dog at <laughs> little red barn right everybody will just be right there for you so our last episode was about David's Day which is two weeks away now if you haven't started planning for that start planning so I haven't really picked um, another shelter and in all honesty I just I kind of want to go wherever Linda's gonna go mm-hmm. and be with her that day it's still not a reality some days just because David used to live in the same neighborhood as me there's a walking trail behind my house so every time every time same time every day here'd come David for his evening stroll with his pup out would run my daughter to say hi to David so I haven't picked a shelter yet um still hard for me to go past his house we avoid that in all honesty i don't know my husband says i'm kind of crazy i kind of want to go get his his sunflower emblem that he had on his van i want to go get that tattooed so maybe i'll go do that that day did you go somewhere last year i think i was actually working that day i was actually at the barn i was i actually had to work at the barn that day so i didn't really get to go visit anywhere i didn't either my dog stella has surgery and i was at home with her so So just were you on the back end of it then of receiving on David's Day since you were working what was coming in that people decided to donate to Always and Forever and what was that like? Um, So I mean we had tons of donations after the whole excitement that morning and it was also a sad sad day that day because Annalise with all the donations that came in I knew I was where I needed to be that day Mm -hmm. because if if David was still here after his bike ride no matter how tired he would have been he would have been at the barn Mm-hmm. If I don't pick another shelter, I know exactly where I'll be. I think that's very understandable. And as Amy said in last week's episode, you don't have to pick another shelter either. If your heart is with Always and Forever and that's who you want to give your donation to, or more importantly, your time in your case, that is, it's about what David's vision was and what he wanted, and that's exactly it. Yeah. And I think that's so, a good point to, to touch on is that people don't have to go out and do things mm-hmm. for David's Day. Like I said, I was at home, but I still did David's Day at my house and made a sign and still donated to a shelter and donated to Always and Forever. Yep. But you can still celebrate if you're wherever all over the world, even if you can't get out. You can still do it. Yeah, especially for our listeners over... Oh, we are in 25... How many countries? You would get this in here. 25 total countries in 276 total cities. Yeah. Also, again, another reminder is that on Facebook, we have an event tab for our listeners to get more info on David's day. Uh, Megan? Yep. So I will be going to... Well, I won't be going. I'm going to start over. All right, so for for David's Day, I will be not going to the shelter, but I will be partnering with people at a shelter near St. Louis where I got two of my pups. One of them passed away just two weeks ago. Uh, My parents had him. I'll be celebrating for them and David. Appreciate that. With David's Day, for the fostering part of it, are we doing anything special for that of take a dog for the day for David's Day? I mean... Absolutely. If if any of the volunteers, fosters, some of our fosters, you know, they like to take a break. 
mm -hmm. um, in between pups. So absolutely, maybe just taking them for the day, yep. spending the whole day with them. And some people did that last year where they took some of the barn dogs or foster dogs with them to the different shelters. So they had just some really cute pictures of them in the car with all the supplies that they took. And it was just fun for those people who want to do the dog dates and those type of things where they could take them. Right, because not monetary wise, if you don't have the extra money to be spending or donating to a shelter, your time is even more valuable mm -hmm. than that. So if you are thinking of a way, a dog date on David's Day, highly recommended. Yes. yes. This is like our fifth ep episode and I'm sitting here thinking like, you know, every new person that we've had on our podcast is like, has that heart. You guys really do love always and forever. I'm getting to be a crybaby right now. <laughs> Edit that out. So <laughs> it's true. I mean, yeah. and we say, I mean, how Jen always says that you know, always and forever have saved the pups, but they've saved us. Mm -hmm. Always and forever saved us. Yeah, another episode of us crying, yeah. and I, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's going to be more because we get down to the nitty gritty of the doggone truth of rescue. I know. Yeah. And that's why I told you every single episode is emotional because this is an emotional topic. Mm -hmm. uh, we're talking about the discarded dogs that were not wanted by anybody else and us putting our heart and soul to help them find that home. Rescue's hard. Like it's, if you don't have emotion yeah. in that, yeah. as Jen said on our meeting the other day, then this isn't <laughs> exactly what you should yeah. be in. Right. It's so hard, but oh my gosh, it's so worth it. Yeah. There's so level to this. Yes. Yeah. There's levels. This episode is um, sponsored by let Megan. Do you have a dog? Roma. Oh, my sweet Roma. My little baby Roma. I love her. Roma is at the Little Gray Barn. A lot of people love Roma, but I'm just surprised. I mean, was she already recommended on an episode as a sponsor? <laughs> yeah. Roma's been giving, been giving shout outs. Yeah. yeah. Jess, which dog are you going to sponsor the episode to? I mean, I have Buck as my my, my, Zoom, my Zoom profile picture. Um, oh, gosh. But then I love Libro and Novell. Like, it's so it's it so is. hard. It's really hard. I'm sitting here thinking of like three others that I could have said, <laughs> or five or ten. Um, I don't. I, I'm going to say. I really want to say Buck because he is. He's been great with my daughter. Are you giving your husband a heads up right now? No, no, <laughs> no. Because my daughter picked out Hope and Miss Sunshine for her birthday oh, to foster. I love it. And she actually took the camera to my husband and said, Daddy, I want this for my birthday. And he said, you're like your mother. <laughs> it's very smart. It's uh -huh. a very smart tactic. So you're at two. And so and about Buck. Three cats, too. So <laughs> so as much as you love Buck, so everyone knows, he is a black mouth cur greyhound mix, 54 pounds, but his background story and why you wouldn't be a good fit with your home. I'm doing a foster application check on you right now, and I'm denying you. <laughs> Because yeah. uh, Buck is five years old and he was dumped at a vet's office when his family moved to town because he used to be a hunting dog. Yep. Mm -hmm. And they moved into the city and didn't think that he would make a good city dog. So unfortunately, decided to leave him at the vet, which got him on the euthanasia list. And then he, there was an incident, I believe, at um, a dog shelter or mm -hmm. a daycare with another dog. Mm -hmm. um, so Buck is under our single dog home only. So sorry, Jess. You can, yeah, you can visit. Can't. I do visit. But Buck is a lover, cuddler, 
He is. Very well trained. Like, I will say with his background that he has with whatever family he was with, does listen to commands. Uh, he, sit, stay. He actually went to um, Joint Forces. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just because even though he does listen to commands and stuff, he is a... He used to be a wild man. Very strong. <laughs> On the Very. leash. Harness. A martingale collar. A slip lead. Like, a, three leashes. Well, he has come a long way then. He has. Mm-hmm. Because... It, Buckeye, no, is doing great. Mm-hmm. So, well, we always leave the episode with one quote from each of you of the first thing that comes to mind when you hear always and forever. So many things. Does it have to be a quote? A quote, like- word, <laughs> feeling. Just yeah. when someone mentions always and forever to you, Goodness what's gracious. the first thing? There's so much. I know. My husband says I always glow. Like, that's a good oh, one. That is good. That That's is a good one. Better than a quote. Yeah. Like, I don't know, when we go out and people ask where I work, because I don't work, like, always and forever is my full-time job. He says, there are a few things that I light up when I talk about, and he says, I always glow when I talk about ANF. You're glowing right now. Thank you. <laughs> i probably say, like I just said, that save a lot of animals, but always and forever have saved humans including me okay so that concludes our fifth episode five yeah high five yeah give me some all right jess and megan thank you guys so much for joining us today and if people want to foster they will be in contact with you awesome thank you guys so much thank you guys and as always it's never too late for a happily ever after Thank you.